we've been looking at the, the seven churches in the, the book of Revelation. And we've come to our last one, which is exciting. Um, it's been amazing to see how, how Jesus speaks to the churches, that he goes amongst them. He's testing them. He's, he's asking questions of them. He, he commends them, but he also criticizes the churches. And I don't mean about institution. I mean a church as we are the people. We are the church in little over here, aren't we? So he's talking to us as a corporate body of people who gather together, not, not the building. There would be no point in talking to the building because the building wouldn't care less. But he's talking to us as individuals. And so we come to the last church, Laodicea, and it's probably, not probably, it is the worst church. Jesus has no commendation of this church, nothing good to say about this church, just condemns it. That's scary, isn't it? To think that Jesus is looking amongst the churches and goes to this church later and says, I come, I, I condemn you for who you are, I call you to repentance. He doesn't even ask them to come to repentance, to come back to him from knowing him. He said, you need to know me. You're a church who doesn't know me at all. You don't know me as Lord and Saviour. You don't know that from beginning and before time I was. I am the creator of the, the universe. I am God incarnate, God in the flesh amongst you. And I'm standing here outside your church, knocking on your door and saying, will you let me into the life of your community? That's scary, isn't it? But I don't know, we have been many churches where I've saw people actually, you know, I've seen in many churches where Jesus has been shut out of the community. I've got in many churches and, and to say, well, yeah, they're, they're nice people, isn't there? You know, there's nothing worse when people come and say to your church and say, oh, they're nice people. We don't want to be nice people, do we? We want to be people on fire for God and, and probably people who intimidate and scare you a little bit. <laughs> you say they're a bit wacky, aren't they? They're a bit scary, they're a bit, they're a bit mad for God, they're a bit out there. If they come and say, oh, you're nice people, you're all friendly, you can go, oh, right, yeah. You can find that anywhere, can't you? You can find nice, friendly people anywhere. You can find a social club anywhere. You can find a place where you can have friendships anywhere. You can find a place where you might have, have good friends at the bowling club. But in the church we come because Jesus Christ is here, because the presence of God is here, because there's something that's moving here that's different from every other institution, every other community, every other place in society. Amen? There's something here that's powerful, that's incredible. When we gather together, two or three of us together, and we proclaim that Jesus Christ is Lord, then he says he will be with us, he will be amongst us. But there's a problem with ladies here. They're there and they're saying their name, gather in the name of Jesus. But Jesus says, I'm not allowed in you. I'm not allowed amongst you. I can't be in this church. I'm standing on the door and I'm knocking on your life and I'm saying, please let me in your community. I want to be part of your worship. I want to lead you to repentance. I want to lead you to a knowledge of who I am as your God and Saviour. But you will not let me in. You have a form of religion. You have an idea who I am. You have an idea about Christianity and faith. But you do not know who I am. You do not have the power. And that's what John Wesley always said when he founded the Methodist Church, which you're in, a Methodist Church, you might not have noticed. But um, we, um, he said, there's nothing worse than when you have a Christian community that has the form of a religion, 
but without the power. Who wants religion without the power? You know, religion's hard work, isn't it? Who wants religion? My goodness me, rules and regulations, do this, don't do that. I want a relationship with Jesus Christ. I want to know him, his power of his salvation. I want to live knowing that I'm forgiven, loved, healed, restored, that the chains that bound me, the strongholds I had in my life, that the struggles that I had, they may not be over, but Jesus Christ has come to set me free, that I might walk in his power amongst them. And that I might walk in his glory, in his strength, and reflect him in the world and not myself. Because nobody wants to meet Gary. They want to meet Jesus Christ. Amen. Congregation, yeah, please God, send Jesus quick. (laughs) But we want people to meet Jesus Christ through us. But how sad that a community that Jesus has to come and say, I'm standing outside your community. I'm knocking the door. I want to sup with you, I want to have a meal with you, I want to love you, I want to be amongst you, I want to bless you, I want to pour out my Holy Spirit upon you, I want to open doors of opportunity for you, but you don't recognise me, you don't know who I am. You're doing this Christian thing, but you don't know who I am. Isn't that sad? I've been in many churches, they claim to be a Christian church, and they're doing the Christian thing, they're doing the religion thing, but I tell you, you walk out there feeling worse than when you came in. And God forbid if you walk out this church feeling worse than when you came in, I want you to feel uplifted, challenged. I only want you to feel worse than when you came in because God's convicted you. <laughs> and you're crying and weeping over your sin and you want to, to meet God and know Him. Amen. And when we come and we experience the power of the Holy Spirit, that we're challenged and we're renewed. But the church... And in in Laodicea, they didn't see their condition. You see, Laodicea was a rich city. Even when it was destroyed, they had enough money amongst themselves to to rebuild the city. They didn't have to go to the Roman emperor and say, can you give us money to build a city? So our city's been destroyed, we'll pay for it ourselves and rebuild it. They were financially stable. They had money. They were rich. The church was rich. It had a large Jewish community who were rich. They had clothing. They had medical care. It was a very advanced city. People didn't have major worries there. And the Christians had compromised completely with the world and the society around them and the economic pressures around them. And they were just as rich and wealthy and as happy as the pagans around them who didn't know Jesus Christ. But in their wealth and their happiness, they didn't know Jesus Christ either. That's dangerous, isn't it? And our self-sufficiency and our own need that we can do things for ourselves. We don't recognize the need for Jesus Christ in our life. And we give an image to people that, yeah, we're wealthy, we're rich, we're happy, I've got everything in my life, but really inside I'm broken and hurting and pain. I just need somebody to know who I am and know my hearts. Somebody to know that, yeah, I give this image of, yeah, I'm something, but really I feel nothing. Do you feel that way sometimes? Do you feel that way all the time? You have everything, but you have nothing. Because you don't have Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You don't know him. You don't know who the person is who gives you identity and purpose and life. It says, these are the words of the Amen, the faithful and true witness. The rule of God's creation. He said, these are the words of God. I am Jesus Christ standing before you as the word of God. I am the Amen. I am the truth of God. 
I am the reality of God amongst you. Start with that recognition of who Jesus is. Amen. So that's where we start. You step here. Start with the recognition who Jesus Christ is in your life. That he is your God, your saviour, your sufficiency. He's everything to you. If you want identity, it comes through Jesus Christ. If you want wealth, in a sense, not. If you want prosperity, not in money, but as in well-being, in strength, in, in life, and fullness, it comes from Jesus Christ. He's saying to you, when you want things, when you want to be somebody, when you want to be the church that you're called to be by God, if you're called to be a child of God, it's in the Amen of Jesus Christ. All the promises of God are in the Amen of Jesus Christ. Amen. Everything's in Jesus Christ. And we stand before him in the reality of who he is for us. He is the Son of God sent from heaven, who became incarnate, that's became flesh who gave his life for us and died on the cross, that we might be friends with God, that we might know God and love him and be in eternity with him, that our lives might be transformed by God's Spirit coming amongst us, who makes us fruitful and wonderful and delightful and incredible people, that we might be a blessing to this world rather than a drag to the world. There are enough people dragging the world down without Christians and churches doing it, isn't there? We need Christians and churches that are going to be a blessing to the world, filled with the Holy Spirit, knowing who they are in Jesus Christ, knowing who they are, serving God. And he said, I know your deeds. I know that you're neither cold nor hot. My goodness me, is that not a message for the British church nowadays? I know your deeds. I know you're not hot or cold. You know, we have such an opportunity in Britain to, to be Christians, to talk about our faith, about who Jesus Christ is. But we're neither hot nor cold. We're something in the middle, like kind of look warm. Now, who likes lukewarm? Do you like lukewarm food? Do you like lukewarm water? Do you like any lukewarm? It's kind of like, it's not very pleasant. You, you know, I like food that's either cold or hot. I don't, I don't really like it kind of in between. I probably get a funny belly. You know. <laughs> You know, I like cold water, I, I like hot water and tea or something like that. I hate it come when somebody, there's nothing worse than somebody brings you a tea and it's cold, isn't it? Especially during a pastoral visit and you have to drink it and you're going, oh, cold tea, oh God, help me, help me, please, look. I need your strength, help me. It's lovely biscuit, isn't it? it it's it's that, that sense of, who likes a lukewarm Christian? Do you really want to meet a Christian and you meet them and they say, oh, so you're a Christian, yeah, I go to church. Yeah, do you believe in Jesus? Well, yeah, yeah, I read the Bible and stuff, and he's good, and, you know, God, kind of, yeah, God's good, and things like that, yeah, and, you know, yeah, yeah, bye-bye. You know, it's like, you know, you're better off being cold, you're better off being saying, well, we can, yeah, I've done the God stuff, but, yeah, a bit fed up with it now, and... <laughs> I need to find God again, be real, you know. <laughs> I need to be renewed, I need to be put in fire again, I need, I need to meet God again, I need to repent. There's things in my life that are dragging me down, that are making me cold. Rather than being lukewarm and pretending you don't need to change. Or be hot, be in fire, you know what I mean? People are not going to like you, but who cares? There we go, Jesus, Jesus, we're going to hear about Vanessa, the yeah Jesus lady, you know, that's so she's known in Derby, just the yeah Jesus lady. It's better being your yeah Jesus, come on, let's talk about God, let's be in fire for him, let's just talk, he's done everything for me, I'm in love with him, he's incredible, he's powerful. Sometimes my life's really rubbish, but I can celebrate who Jesus is and what he's done for me in the midst of the rubbish. In the midst of the hardship, 
You may think my life is horrible and you wouldn't want my life, but I've got Jesus Christ in my life and that makes everything wonderful. He said, I'm about to spit you out my mouth. You know, that's what God does with you, doesn't he? You, you, you feel you've been spat out of God's mouth when you're lukewarm. You kind of experience it. You don't, you don't quite feel right as a Christian anymore, don't you? You come to church and you don't really want to worship that much. I got it. <laughs> and you, you don't want to pray that much and you don't want to read the Bible that much. And you come in and church is like, yeah, I don't feel like I'm connecting with God, with Jesus anymore. And And Jesus says, I'm about to spit you out my mouth. You see, I'm rich, I have acquired wealth and do not need a thing, but you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, and blind and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined the fire so that you become rich, white clothes to wear so that you can cover your shameless, shameless, shameful nakedness, and salve to put in your eyes so that you can see. To those I love, I rebuke. Whoa. See, God says to you, I love you. But when I love you, I rebuke you and call you to change and be transformed. That's interesting, isn't it? We always talk about the love of God. Oh, God's love, God's love, God's love. But when God loves you, he rebukes you. Just like your father, your mother, a parent, and a child. When you love somebody, you rebuke them, don't you? Because I need to change. I need to be transformed to be the people you need to be. And that requires rebuke. And it requires discipline. So be earnest and repent. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. Are you ready to receive him? Are you ready to receive him as a church? He's standing here and he's knocking. And just like he said to the, to the previous church in Philadelphia, he said, there's an open door for you. I've opened the door for you. Jesus is standing at the door of this church. And that means he's standing at the door of every person here today. And he's standing at the door. He said, will you let me in? to sup with you will you let me in to have fellowship with you will you let me in to show how I can love you and transform your life will you let me in so I can break the strongholds that have been in your life the hurt and pain that's been in your family for generations will you let me in to so you can find freedom and love and identity will you let me in that you might live to be the child of God that you're called to be will you let me in and he's standing and he's knocking at the door and he said let me in and you said, God's not there. God's not there. I don't feel God. Well, open your spiritual eyes. Open your eyes of your heart. And recognize and hear the knocking noise. See that thing that's been irritating you all your life? It's been knocking against you. Even as a Christian, it's been knocking against you. And knock, 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 knock. And you know when you need to respond to it? You know when you need to do something about it? It's knock, knock, knock. As Jesus knocking on the life of your church, knocking on the life of your heart, knocking on the life on you, saying, let me in. And how are you going to respond? Are you going to let Jesus into your life? It doesn't matter if you've been coming to church for 40 years. You grew up in a Christian household. Or you grew up in religion. It doesn't matter if you never encountered God before this is the first time you've heard a message of God knocking on your door and says I love you, you're my child, I want to give you identity, I want to give you purpose, I want to break those strongholds I want you to be set free and so many people in this church have been set free by God forgiven by God and forgiven others for what's been done in their lives and that's an incredible thing 
an amazing thing. It doesn't take ten years of counseling psychology. Jesus Christ comes in and sets you free and breaks those strongholds. In Isaiah 55, it says, Come all you who are thirsty, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. He's calling you to come. He's saying it's free. You just have to open the door. You just have to say, I want you in my life. I accept you, Jesus. I love you. I want to be forgiven. I want to be set free. But I also want to live in that life of freedom that you give. So I just want to, I just want to pray for you. And um, if you want to say that prayer with me, then you just say that prayer with me in your heart and in your life. And if you want to accept Jesus into your life, then, then say that prayer with me. Say, Jesus, I want you to be in my life. I want to be set free. I want to be restored. And if you say that prayer, we're going to have people here to pray for you at the front. I want you to come and, and be prayed for and tell us. And tell us you said that prayer and so that we can help you and pray for you. And, and so you can go out there and tell others that you've said that prayer and ask Jesus into your life. If you're feeling that your life's nearly hot and a cold, you've been a Christian for many, many years, but maybe you've closed that door to Jesus in your life. Maybe you had experience at one point, but that's a long time ago. But if you want to be in fire for God, if you're ready to say, God, I'm ready to open up. I know who you are. I've read the Bible. I've accepted you. I've said a prayer. I've done this. But I, I really don't know you in my heart and my life. I want you in there. I want to be in fire for you. I want to be your child, the child of God. I want you to come and be prayed for as well. Don't, don't leave without being prayed for. If you don't want somebody here to pray or you don't want to come to the front, have somebody beside you, seek a steward out or people with badges or myself, there'll be people in front and, and ask them to pray with you before you go, because we can't do much else with, for you, but pray with you to ask God to do the work in your life He's coming up to God's come to bind up the broken hearted so if you're broken hearted, He wants to bind you He wants to set you free He wants to if you feel that you're a captive, a prisoner in your life, He wants to give you the fullness of life, not to feel that way anymore Come and be free. This is why we love him. This is why we praise him. This is why we sing these songs. This is why we're in a church on Sunday morning, a bit daft and crazy, talking about God, because he's done incredible things in our life, not just because we're religious, because he has touched and impacted our life, and we cannot be the same again. And this morning he knocks on the door, and he's saying, let me in. Will you let me in?